And good afternoon. Welcome to Deering Live. It's Thursday. Dave, how are you doing? We're back. We've been away for so long. It's been a bit, yeah. I Not too long, a few weeks. Like, but I wasn't even on the last one. You weren't on the last one, right, right, right. Highly entertaining, though. And uh, I really <laughs> enjoyed it. That was with Ender. Uh, and Dave, I'll just congratulate you. You were, as always, just awesome and graceful and held down that fort beautifully. Well, in my thank opinion. you. So thank you very much for that. Very good. Well, it's awesome to be back. Um, before we jump in, I am going to just do a, a, some selfless promotion. Um, Halloween sale. It's Halloween this weekend, or at least on Monday. Um, Halloween sale, 20% off all clothing on DaringBanjos.com. Please go check it out, including some very cool kind of Halloween-themed earrings made by our friends at the Wooden Ear. So go check those out as well. All right. Why are we here, Dave? Mark Schatz and Brian McDowell. What? Mark Schatz. All right. Well, some of you, I'm sure, know Mark uh, for being one of the most in-demand bass players in Bluegrass. Two-time IBMA Bass Player of the Year award winner. Uh, played with everybody from Baylor Fleck to Tony Rice, John Hartford to Tim O'Brien, and just about everybody in between. Um, maybe you know him for his ever graceful and infectious footwork when he shows off his southern Appalachian clogging and handbone, which is always a very impressive spectacle. I'm a big fan. Um, but what you may not know about Mark, although I'm sure some of you do, is that he's an outstanding clawhammer banjo player um, and fan favorite of, uh, he plays a fan favorite banjo of many of us here at uh, Deering, which is the Vega number no. two. Um, and he plays it absolutely beautifully. Dave, am I correct in saying he was the only Clawhammer banjo player at uh, Blue Ridge, right? Perf uh, instructor. Instructor. There are there's yeah. some Clawhammer you know, yeah. students. He was a Blue Ridge banjo cap as well, which was really cool. But it, um, <laughs> more importantly, while we're here in 2021, uh, Mark put out a really amazing, uh, very, very cool new recording uh, with a with friend and fellow old-time musician, uh, fiddle player Brian McDowell, um, called Grit and Polish, and this is going to be one of many things we talk about over the next hour. Um, so let's bring him in. Mark Schatz, Brian McDowell, let's go. Hey, well, folks. we've got Mark Schatz. Brian was there when we you left see him. Brian's getting a glass of water. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I'm uh, thrilled to be here with you guys. Now, Dave, I know, and, and, and who was just giving me such wonderful accolades? Uh, well, I didn't write. Actually, no, I did write that completely. Yeah, uh, my name is Jamie. I think we met briefly in the green room just we now. Did but meet I briefly did in the green room. But I got a, a memory as short as it. That's okay. We met uh, crossing the street about a month ago in really? Raleigh, in Raleigh, North Carolina. Myself and Janet Deering were on our way back from oh, dinner, and you were right. on your way to dinner, and we we saluted in the middle of the street as we crossed, and uh, that was about the last time I saw you. That's how a lot of uh, interactions happen at IBMA. And, uh, brief lots brief of old, and in the middle of the street. Yeah. Brief and in the middle of the street. A lot of old friends to be met. It was, I had a great, great time there. It was, wasn't it fun? It was fun. I got to play on, uh, on the award show with yep. uh, Bela's My Bluegrass Heart Band. And, uh, and Brian and I did a couple of uh, showcases down in the, uh, on the uh, convention floor, show, yeah. showroom floor. And uh, so we're trying to push our new duo, which we're both very excited about. And, uh, and as, as you said, we have this great uh, new CD called Grit and Polish. And hopefully Absolutely. by the end of the interview, you'll know who the grit is and who the polish is. <laughs> oh. All right. We've, we've, got a, we've got a couple of live chats going on here. So uh, answers in the chat, please. What's the who, uh, who, who is grit and who is polish? We'll do that. <laughs> um, do you want to kick some stuff off with us? I know you've got uh, a number of tunes planned for us today, so we'd love to hear uh, at least one at the beginning, if you don't mind playing us in. I would love it. Uh, we'll do the first one 
the opening cut off the on the CD. It's a tune of mine. It's called Kensington, and you're going to hear some of that uh, foot tapping that uh, Jim Jimmy was talking about. Uh, it's uh, you can't see my feet, but you'll hear it. And I am doing a little bit of Southern Appalachian clogging. So here's Kensington for you. Awesome. I'm going to take these phones off so I can hear my partner better. I've got to remember to put them back on so I can hear the gentlemen who are doing our interview. Ready? Awesome. Love it. That's the way to get the blood moving right there. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for being here. This is this is great. And thanks for having both the two of you on. It's always, you know, it's, it's always great to have, the, you know, more of the full band situation going on. We love playing together. So thanks for having the both of us. So uh, yeah, I've been a fan of of your banjo, of, of everything you do, but but your banjo playing for a long time. And I love those two records that you came out, you know, a while ago. It's been a while since your last record with your name on the cover of it. Um, so 
why has it been so long and, and what, what drew you to, to, um, to do this project, how this project come about? Well, um, it takes a lot of, a lot of steam to, uh, get a solo project going. And, uh, and I've been busy with a lot of other endeavors in between. Um, so there hasn't been a lot of, of kind of air in which to do that. Uh, the last, my last solo CD, uh, Steppin' in the Boiler House, came out of working with a, with a band called Mark Shatz and Friends, uh, with Jim Hurst and Missy Raines and Casey Dreesen. And I'd been on the road touring with them and doing, the, doing my band, and uh, we were doing all these tunes together, and it just made sense to make a CD. But since then, um, I've been with Nickel Creek and Claire Lynch and, uh, and uh, lots of other folks. And uh, so it wasn't until I had this kind of circumstances dictated uh, recording of this one. Uh, had a tour to do up in Canada with a great organization called Home Roots and called Brian to do that with me. And uh, we were rehearsing, putting the show together here. And I said, let's record some tunes and make a little product that we can sell. And we went down to my basement and recorded and uh, it turned out great. I mean, there's such a great synergy between us that we said, let's find a label for this, which we did our local uh, Patuxent Music, and put this out. It actually went to number one in June of uh, 2021 on the folk charts. So it's done, uh, it's done well. So that's long answer, as is typical of me, to your short question. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, and have you all known each other for a long time, or did you kind of, kind of meet during this project that you talked about? No, we've uh, we played together with the Claire Lynch band. Brian, um, he's asking when... Uh, when did you start playing with Claire? Uh, it was 2012. 2012. 2012 yeah. And I was playing with the Claire Lynch band at the time. So we've known each other since then and uh, had a great time touring with Claire. Uh, and, uh, you know, we'd play some tunes together now and then. It was just always a good, good vibe. And uh, so, again, when I had this duo tour to do, I thought, who could play every instrument incredibly well? Who can sing and who's a lot of fun to be with? And uh, this was the guy. And uh, it... It has uh, turned out to be a good, it was a good move. We, uh, we get together, it's just a lot of creative and musical energy that happens. Is there something specific about Brian's playing that you, that you really like? Something that's like uniquely Brian that you really kind of attach to, you know, latch on to? Well, he's, he's got an incredible combination of great technique and facility. Um, he can, and he could get around and a number of different instruments with that same facility. Uh, and to demonstrate this, back in, he's only 18 years old, uh, and at the prestigious Winfield, uh, Kansas, uh, flat picking competition, he took first place in fiddle, flat picking guitar, and mandolin. Wow. So, uh, he's also quite a good banjo player, and hopefully we'll do, <laughs> you'll hear him play a little bit of uh, a fretless banjo here in a few minutes. Uh, but he's also uh, a really... Well, he's what I call an artist. Uh, when he plays, uh, there's just a beautiful creativity and, uh, and emotional content that I just, I find moving. I mean, it's, I enjoy listening back to this. I mean, all the recordings that we've made with Claire, <clears throat> his fiddle and mandol mandolin playing is, uh, is exquisite. But again, the, the heart and the creativity, the color, the tone. Um, so all the things that you look for, in musicians, yeah. he's, he's got it. So I feel kind of blessed to have this uh, young, talented whippersnapper to do some playing with. <laughs> and Brian, if you could ask Brian, Brian, what do you like about Mark's playing? Yeah. 
I gotta say, I don't know if there was a question that. What What do you like about Mark's playing? Yeah, uh, it's well, it's an honor to, to to play with him. I mean, his tone, his his creativity, his uh, kind of humor, his inventiveness, everything that kind of makes him the legend that he is. Uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, he's it's it's hard to to find anybody that holds down a holds down the low end as as uh, and the way that he does and, and as well as he does. It's just like. Just kind of always feels so good to to um, to be sitting beside him and playing, or you know, anytime you hear him on the records. I mean, it's it's wonderful. It's no surprise that he's worked with yeah. everyone yeah. that he has. So, and and does is come hearing him playing with them with on both when he's playing banjo and when he's playing bass. Is there a different like feel, um, or is it, is there something consistent no matter what instrument he's playing? Ah, oh, that's a good question. Um, no, I think I think there is a sort of a, a similar kind of musicality, like something that's like, you know, come comes from kind of far down inside of him. It's just kind of like this deep set in the groove, like it kind of. It's sort of like uh, I don't know. To me, maybe it's a kind of a different thing. But uh, listening to like Sam Bush or Levon Helm, like. To me, kind of the, the in a similar way that that those guys kind of do what they do um, with with the rhythm. That's kind of and with the kind of the backbeat, the snare drum. It's kind of like I feel that with with his uh, with his playing as well. Kind of for like kind of the downbeat on the bass. I mean, it's like it's, it never it never seems to uh, when we when we play off each other. And of course, I mean, this is kind of talking a lot about groove. But when we play off of each other, it like never really seems like there's any kind of searching for what's happening. Uh -huh. It's like you kind of always know where each other's at. Right. You know? Even if there's like slight variance. And, and I mean, also like, that's all about the groove and there's just the kind of general creativity and inventiveness and willingness to explore and kind of get out on a limb and find your way back. Mm -hmm. and, you know, that's it makes it uh, exciting to play with people like that. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, y'all have a bunch of tunes you'll want to play. So how about we jump into another tune? Another tune? Yeah. Why don't you get the... You know, I think I mentioned that uh, on our... See, I don't know if I mentioned this, but on the CD, we uh, we had one tune with the fretless banjo with uh, Brian playing yep. it. And, uh, and he said, well, generally, Mark, I want to give you the, the banjo playing duties in our, in our duo, which I appreciate because he's a great banjo player, both pretty good three-finger style, but also... Uh, just a tremendous three, uh, climber player as we, well, but we put our best foot forward with with Mark being on banjo. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, Brian. Um, and uh, but I never heard anybody play the fretless so uh, in tune as Brian. I guess it's that it's, you know the fiddle playing that he does. I mean, I love playing the fretless, but it's it's funky, it's gritty, <laughs> yeah. and he's actually gives some polish to the fretless. Now, I wanted to mention this banjo that he's playing. Is not not the most playable uh, of all the. I've got a couple of fretless banjos. This thing yeah. is called a Tilton banjo okay. from the uh, late eighteen uh, hundreds, mm -hmm. and it's got a brass rim on it. is really beautiful, funky. Yeah, the inside, like the. It's a spun over rim. Too, like the, the brackets are inside. Oh wow! Uh, there's some weird, some odd. Uh, 
odd kind of construction here and design. This guy, I can't see because of the light. There it is. See the brackets? There's no brackets on the outside of this. They're, they're inside. And Weird. Who knows? Who knows why? But uh, we're going to do a number where I do some of that ham bone that I mentioned. Yeah. And uh, he'll play the fretless. Might want to come in, move in a little bit, Brian, yeah, so we can so. test a little quieter. I wonder if I and, uh, strap the right size to stand up. And this is a, uh, yeah, here we go. Uh, actually, an old, uh, I guess it was, was a Fiddle and Arthur Smith tune originally? Yeah, that's right. Uh, but uh, Brian, we know it from uh, Flatten Scruggs. And uh, so we'll bring a Probably little. most other people do as well. It's called The Girl I Love. You ready? Yeah. Warm up. Now the girl I love don't pay me no mind. Keep going. The girl I love don't pay me no mind. Sweetheart divine, put your little hand in mine. Girl I love don't pay me no mind. And the girl I love's from sunny Tennessee. Girl I love's from sunny Tennessee. From sunny Tennessee, pay no never mind to me. I love some sunny Tennessee And the girl I love don't pay me no mind Yeah, the girl I love don't pay me no mind Well, sweetheart, divine, put your little hand in mine Girl, I love don't pay me no She done and left this town. Why is that, Brian? Girl, I love she done and left this town. Mm -hmm. Now she done and left this town. She's Alabama bound. Uh -huh. Girl, I love she done and left this town. Well, that's sad, friend. Girl, I love don't pay <laughs> me no mind. Girl, I love don't pay me no mind. Now, sweetheart, divine, put your little hand in mine.
All right. That, that, that's that's fantastic. There's a lot. There's really, really good. There's a lot there to, to, to talk about um, between, you know, the, your percussion, uh, the singing, the, the fretless banjo, everything. Um, well, how, how long, when did you first start getting into the, the uh, you know, the folk percussion thing, you know, with the, with the clogging and, and the... Hand on the feet. Good yeah. question. He's asking uh, when I got into this, uh, like the percussion, percussive kind of uh, yeah. part of this uh, tradition. Well, way back uh, when I went to Berkeley, I went to Berkeley College of Music for one year back in uh, 1975, 76. And uh, I got working with a, uh, an international folk dance ensemble. And one of the things they did was a Southern Appalachian clogging. And I was just, I was just starting to learn the claw hammer banjo. I had done some folk dancing uh, earlier in my life, in my youth. I like to move, I like the banjo, the old time music, and I, I always liked banging on things. So this kind of combined them all. And uh, so they taught me some steps, and I actually took a really great workshop from a guy named Glenn Bannerman. He's kind of a legendary teacher from, from uh, the Asheville area, which is actually where Brian grew up. Grew up and uh, still use some of his instruct, instruction methods to, uh, to, teach, uh, to teach clogging. In fact, I will be doing a workshop this coming Sunday. I'll, I'll uh, pitch a show that we're doing in Arden, Delaware, Sunday afternoon. I'll be teaching a clogging workshop at 1230 before our 2 o'clock show. Brian will be teaching a guitar workshop. So wherever I traveled, um, I found the cloggers. I moved down to Lexington, Kentucky to be in a band with uh, the young Bela Fleck, called Spectrum, found some cloggers there. Later moved to Nashville and, uh, and learned some clogging there from uh, a style of a guy named Robert, uh, I forgot his name. Uh, no, 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 uh, Spicer uh, from out in Dixon, Tennessee. And then I met my, a gal that later became my wife, Eileen Carson Schatz, and she was, was the director of the incredible uh, percussive dance ensemble called Footworks Percussive Dance Ensemble. And they were started off as a hot, hot little clogging team back in 79 and then started incorporating all kinds of other percussive dance. But they were incredible cloggers and, uh, and I really uh, was very much informed, educated, inspired by them. And so uh, great dancers. And Eileen was a very creative spirit. Unfortunately, she passed away mm. back in 2019. And, uh, but her spirit lives on. In the steps and and the joy of those steps. I also learned the uh, hand boning, working with them. Uh, they originally learned it from uh, some folks from the Georgia Sea Islands many years ago when they were just when they were in their early years when the group was called the Fiddle Puppet Dancers, and uh, and they incorporated it into their shows. And uh, it was a great thing to bring to the school shows and arts and education that they did. And again, since I love percussion and love banging on things. It kind of makes a, a drum out of your own body. And it's, uh, you know, it's the kind of thing, the dancing, these are all instruments that you carry around with you. So just sitting around, you could get on your phone like everybody does, or you can make up some rhythms. So uh, it's been a good companion to me and a lot of great, good entertaining fun too. Do you think it's helped your, you know, Brian was talking about your groove and, and you're well known for your groove, you know, uh, um, has it has it helped? Do you think it's helped? You know, kind of solidify your your feel, uh, your rhythmic field, being you know being so into the percussion. I think anything 
any different thing that you bring to the table musically helps every other thing. And uh, yeah, I think my love of percussion and making rhythms is uh, it, it informs. I mean, with my body, with my feet, with the hand bone of the feet, uh, it does kind of inspire some of that, uh, some rhythmic creativity uh, when I'm playing an instrument, whether it's the banjo or the bass as well. So they definitely feed into each other. That's a, that's a good question. Um, I wanted to get a little, both of y'all play bluegrass and old time, and I wanted to dive in a little bit into um, how you would describe the difference between the two. There's a lot of times confusion about, you know, what that is. And how would you describe it really on a general level? And then maybe how would you describe, um, you know, approaching like the same song if it was the same tune in a bluegrass style versus a, versus a more old time style? You know, I'm going to repeat that question real quick for Brian and let him answer this. I've been talking a lot. He's saying, how do you see, if I get your question correctly, that kind of the, in a few sentences, difference between old time and bluegrass and uh, how you might approach a song differently if you're kind of trying to uh, express more of a bluegrass thing or more of an old time thing. He's a good person to ask this question because he grew up in the uh, kind of the heart of uh, a real old time music country. Uh, of course, a lot of bluegrass people come from Asheville as well. So I'm going to I'm going to pass the headphones over to him and let him let you converse with him about this. Sure. So uh, I'll I'll start out by saying that uh, the fiddle teacher that I learned from. The fiddler that I learned from was um, a gentleman named uh, Arville Freeman. Can you hear me all right? Yeah, yeah. All right, cool. Um, fiddle, uh, fiddler named Arville Freeman. He was around the Asheville area, and he was a part of a kind of a family of musicians. There were a lot of siblings, and his oldest brother. So Arville was more the bluegrass fiddler, if we want to, if we would call it that. Although you know, when he was growing up, it was uh, he he just said it was called you know like mountain music or sure. It was essentially you know the, yeah. The, the trend um so but his oldest brother was was definitely like you know I would, I would put arvel pretty squarely in the category of uh bluegrass fiddler and square dance fiddler and gordon his oldest brother in the in the category of um of old-time fiddlers and i mean the there's a there's a pretty for fiddling specifically there's kind of a strong difference in um the bowing technique the kind of styles um, that you would see that the shuffle patterns, um, I feel like there's a little more kind of syncopation that's happening with the, with the, with the, uh, with the, um, the bowing patterns for fiddlers, uh, for, for old time fiddlers. Um, and then there's a little more of the kind of the, the Nashville shuffle, which is a similar thing to the, what, exactly, similar thing to that. Um, uh, in, in the, in the bluegrass style of fiddling. So there's kind of this, you know, these rhythmic differences now in the, as a general, as a general thing, I mean, the, as I think a lot of, a lot of people would say is, uh, old time music is more, you know, you stay close to the melody, you play it a lot of times and it's really kind of just, it's more about kind of getting into the trance and the, and the, and the groove of the thing and just enjoying that that same melody and that uh, kind of the heart of the, the 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 pulse of the music and the melody and uh, bluegrass is more improvisational, you know, mm -hmm. um, yeah. and it and it borrows a lot from uh, from blues and and jazz and other improvisational styles, um, and 
yeah, I think that's I think that's the big difference that 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 I see. I mean, that's kind of a maybe a basic explanation for it. I don't know if you had anything else more specific that you were wondering about, but Is, when yeah, I, yeah, I mean, you, go ahead. You started talking about the different groove on a general level, less a less in specific instrument level on on just a but like if you're playing and is there is there you know that general just groove is it slightly different you just kind of, you kind of touched on it a little bit that there's maybe a little more um it's you know, interesting with that I, go ahead no Nashville, just go yeah. good. it's interesting i think that uh um i just think of old time music as kind of being a little uh deeper in this in this kind of groove that's like you know whatever you would hear coming out of the woods and 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 some uh you know mountain community i mean it's maybe that's a little uh maybe that's a little too floaty of a description but it's 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 like a stronger it's i think the old time stuff to me it swings in a different way it's really yeah. it's got this bounce and part of that you know it's just the way that the fiddlers are playing the way that Boeing is, and Brian mentioned it's, there's some interesting syncopation stuff going on in the bow. But also, you've got a claw hammer banjo going, doom, duck, doom, duck, doom, duck, doom, which again, you know, the feet. So, yeah. um, and, and in bluegrass, the, the banjo is playing that role as more of a steady ostinato, if I can use that word. So you're getting this. And for me, I mean, I love dancing to bluegrass, but old time music is what gets me fired up. And it's the kind of stuff. I can kind of dance all night. I mean, as soon as you stop dancing, you fall down, but there's that, there's this incredible groove. And that's, that's the, the magic of that music. And some people will look at it and go, hey, you're playing the same tune 10 times in a row. What's that about? But, and even as a, as a bass player playing that stuff, you know, it's not, uh, you're not hearing it's, a lot of fancy solos, but it's just when you, you feel that, it's like African music. It's very rep in ways, very repetitive. But there's this kind of yeah, and I think it does borrow a lot, you know, from that, you know, kind of that. There may be more that of that sense. kind of African, kind of roots in the in the old time. Interesting yeah. observation. And uh, and I mean, like what was what Mark was talking about is kind of like, I think we're kind of directing our focus at similar things. It's like there's there's like a stronger kind of uh, you know pulse pendulum swing, whatever you want to call it. In the in the old time music, and it's whereas like bluegrass, it kind of like you know it's like a plane that kind of gets off the ground, and you know with the with the scrugs roll in the background, it just kind of just kind of floats rather than kind of swings <laughs> along like that. Interesting. Mm -hmm. That's um, I don't know. That's what I feel, oftentimes. I mean, there's yeah. you know there's exceptions to those rules, but as a, as a general as a general description, that's how I would think of it. It's good. Yeah. yeah, that's good. That's good. Um, do y'all want to play another tune? Another tune? Yeah. All right. Let's see. What should we do? Uh, got? Tennessee Hall. What's that? East Tennessee Hall. Which one? Yeah. East Tennessee Let's. Uh, we'll do one that uh, that I wrote. That's uh, also on the uh, grit and polish. Uh, let me get this banjo on real quick. This is an E, right? F. Of elf. Um, I wrote it from wrote it from the point of view of uh, my late wife Eileen. Uh, she her people were both from 
her mother and father were from East Tennessee, around Bluff City, and uh, her parents moved north, as was the story with many Southern folks, uh, to find better jobs and have uh, more opportunities for their uh, for their children. They moved to the D.C. area, and uh, but uh, but um, where are you? That an F? Mm. Oh, actually, this is in E flat. E flat. E flat. Sorry. This key stuff, man, that's a that's a problem <laughs> pay grade. <laughs> So, uh, but uh, Eileen had a, a favorite aunt and uncle that stayed back um, in the kind of the old country. They lived in Bluff City. And uh, Eileen would go back and visit them with some reg- good regularity. And I went with her and got to love those folks. Lived in a house that they built out of the timber off their own property. And so uh, I wrote a song from Eileen's point of view called uh, My East Tennessee Home. Getting there. East Tennessee home. The mist lies low in the hollers and hills of my East Tennessee home. As I return one final time to claim what is my own, the voices that once filled the air are now a memory. As I go down this winding road, that's all I'll take with me. How the wind sang in the treetops in the hills of Tennessee. And the creek ran down from a spring in the ground. Those were the very best of times for me. It's here I spent my childhood days in golden summers past. We'd roam the woods and dam the creeks and roll in the summer grass. We'd leave our northern city life, go back to the old home place. Where mother laughed and brother teased, and I knew life's simple grace. How the wind sang in the treetops in the hills of Tennessee. And the creek ran down from a spring in the ground Those were the very best of times for me
many years since mother and dad did drink from life's sweet fountain. Now they rest so quiet and still at the foot of the Holston Mountains. Brother dear, he left too soon, laid low by his broken heart. Of every song and step I take, they'll always be apart. Now the wind sang in the treetops in the hills of Tennessee. And the creek ran down from spring in the ground. Those were the very best of times for me. Those hills of Tennessee. Uh -huh. All right. Yeah. Beautiful tune. Beautiful tune. Whatever happened to you? Did you write that on the banjo? This one. Whoa. The culprit. I found the culprit. Sorry about that. <laughs> a few, a little sour. At a certain no point, you, a certain point, it's good to leave the tuner behind. You know. Um, I did I, re I did I write that on the banjo? Um, I wrote it as a poem first, uh, writing down '81. I started it as I was going, traveling from uh, from the D.C. area down to Nashville, and as I drove through Bristol, uh, all these stories and and images came into my uh, into my mind did the whole thing come to you as a poem uh yeah pretty much wow i think so uh, and then i think i s i knew it would make a good song set it to music and uh, i think the chorus maybe i wrote with a banjo in hand so a kind mm -hmm. of a combination of uh of different things very nice it's a great tune Thank you. um let's see you some you, your playing style there. Sometimes you 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 kind of merge from just doing the straight bump ditty, and you're doing a few more brushes in there. Was that is that what I saw happening a little bit? Is that correct? Yeah. Um, now I'm in tune. Uh, sorry, that was tough. Uh, <laughs> I've kind of got a, a hybrid mixture of things. Um, I like. Now there's something called a, a round peak, peak style. Mm -hmm. And I incorporate, I think, more brushes in my playing. I like to be able to do the brush, especially for a backup on a song. So, I put the brush in there, and then within a <clears throat> in a fiddle tune, I might add some brushes here and there for accents. So I'm kind of filling in a little, uh, getting the melody in there, and playing something that'll go along well with the with the uh, with the fiddle, of course. But I like filling in, you know, little bits of chords and brushes. Uh, with my with my plan, depending on the tune, of mm -hmm. course. So, so the, the round peak style is kind of what area of the country then? Um, round peak, I think it refers to the area uh, in North Carolina, uh, down around where Tommy Jarrell was from, uh, kind of where uh, I think I seventy seven down Mount Airy, uh, Surrey County, 
I think is, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I'm I'm no, uh, a fit no, uh, expert on that. But uh, well, I feel like that's kind of a lot of what's uh, kind of played up around Galax too, or the kind of the traditional, uh, the tradition kind of carries into that area. Yeah, uh, I mean the first first banjo players that I saw were folk musicians in the uh, in New England. I grew up outside of Boston, and uh, you know they were oftentimes accompanying themselves on the banjo uh, as they sang. So it had... Uh, and that last song I just did. It just, uh, it gives a little bit of meat to the, to the backup for mm -hmm. me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I noticed that most you're adding more brushes when you're singing that you know, versus, versus the little instrumental breaks there. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, Going back to the round peak style, just real quickly, what is there one kind of thing, general thing that kind of, you know, makes the round peak style or is really, you know, significant about the round peak style? Well, I'm, it's all anecdotal for me. I can't mm -hmm. really, I mean, I love that sound. Uh, he's asking about the round peak style and what makes that unique. Um, again, it's less of those brushes, I think. And typically the players will play a little kind of toward the bottom of the neck. As you can see from the wear pattern on this uh, wonderful Deering tubophone, um, I'm playing just below where the neck meets the, uh, meets the head of the band. And it's, you know, that's where I get my kind of characteristic tone. That's just how I grew up. That's how I learned to play when I first started taking lessons. And uh, so that's uh, the round peak kind of style players would be up in that they'll area. They'll be up here. A lot of times with a scoop in the neck. And a lot of times they'll take the frets out and actually carve, have some of the bottom of the neck scooped out so that they can play that. It's a little plunkier. It's not mm -hmm. quite as bright. It's a beautiful, beautiful sound. I love it. And there are a lot of great players that play like that. One that comes to mind uh, is someone who's living in Nashville now, uh, John Herman. Right. I think that's his, isn't that his, what you call that? I would say so. Um, yeah. I mean, well, Adam Hurt kind of has a We had Riley Baugus on the show. Oh, and, right. uh, I would say, yeah, that's a good example of that as well. Yeah, it's a beautiful, mellow a uh, very wonderfully percussive sound. It's great with uh, kind of fiddle and banjo. Yeah. Uh, nice contrast. What do you love about playing the banjo? What's what what's something that you just love, you know, when you about about the instrument? Uh, what do I love about playing the banjo? Is the question. <laughs> uh, it's not a trick question. <laughs> I know. I'm trying to figure out what the, what the trick of the answer is. Um, I mean, when I first heard it, there was just something that, and it was the claw hammer playing that did it, that just mm -hmm. uh, struck me. The percussive sound, the plunkiness of it. Um, and to play, it's, uh, well, it is very percussive. And of course, as we've seen earlier, uh, my earlier tricks, I love percussion, but um, the instrument itself is, is just, in its construction, it's just cool. You mm -hmm. know, this drum head with, right. a, with a neck on it, 
It's just yeah. curious, and and uh, and there's something very relaxing. Yeah. It's just uh, it's very tactile. Um, it just feels good. Uh, it's relaxing, uh, but then you can play a good fast tune and just charge with it. Um, and uh, you started out on cello originally, right? Well, I started off on a cello and then switched to bass, but okay. You know, late in high school, someone handed me one of these, and I was curious about it, and I thought, I'm going to learn to play that. And uh, part of it was the, the music that was played on this banjo, some of that really haunting mountain music in the shadow here, this uh, uh, the really modal, minor modal sounds was just, uh, I found it spooky and beautiful, and a lot of, and the way it was expressed on the banjo, like... Part of it was the tonality of the music, and uh, you know it took a while to get the learn the claw hammer as you, you start learning any instrument. But once it didn't take that long to get where it was actually fun, relaxing, um, and exciting at the same time. And then to be able to play along with the fiddle, banjo and fiddle is there's just nothing like that. Uh, sometimes I call it the twing and the twang of country music, but uh, it's really the yin and yang that uh, kind of European. Uh, uh, sustained voice and this plunky instrument originally from Africa and uh, I don't know what it is it uh, it just feels it feels good and then when I once I wrote started writing tunes of my own it just uh, it was it was just a fun thing to write tunes on it was kind of a creative outlet as well so maybe not a tr trick question but I <laughs> I haven't been asked. I have not been asked it that much, so it's a good question. I, I'm glad you did. Let me think about it a little bit. I, I've got uh, kind of an addendum to that. So you mentioned that you first time that you picked up banjo was high school. Do you remember what banjo that was, or somebody from a something from a friend? No, oh, just a friend just uh, loaned me this. It was Probably just a, a harmony or something. Something like that. Yeah. yeah, cheap little banjo. I had it just for a couple of weeks, and I just really kind of didn't even try to play it. I mean, I was already. I've been playing the cello for a while. I kind of understood string instruments, but uh, didn't really get it. And it, uh, but again, I was intrigued by it. And then when I heard some of these folk singers playing it, I went, "Oh, that's what that thing can do, and that's cool, and I want to do that." So uh, it just kind of all evolved from there. I also yeah. wanted to ask, uh, uh, I guess, Dave, um, is there a uh, I think that some of the the more recent Vega models kind of have a scoop in the in the neck. Is that true? Am I thinking correctly there? Yeah, we we offer models with a scoop as well. Yeah, I'm seeing them shaking his head. Yeah. It, it's definitely a, you know a, 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 a trend in the for Callhammer players of late for to use a scoop neck more often. It seems. Yeah, it's a, again, it's a beautiful sound. And, uh, and then I know players that will move up and down depending upon uh, the sound uh, they want to get. I'm trying to think who moves, who does a lot of. Uh, does Laura do that, Blue Singer? That's a good question. Well, yeah, I think, I think that's possible. And I think her, 
Yeah, I have seen her kind of playing up a little. She's kind of right around in this area, right, right, on, right on the edge of it. I mean, I had I owned a banjo with a scoop for a while, and I thought I'm going to learn to play like that, and I tried, <laughs> and it was it was fun, but uh, ultimately, kind of leaned leaned back toward what I was kind of accustomed to and was was good at, and uh, so, you know, you choose your choose your paths. Yeah, yeah. Um, kind of a question for both of you because both of you play other instruments and with bands where there are where there's a, a banjo player in the band another person playing the banjo um and what do you like to hear when you're playing with a banjoist whether it be bluegrass or, or claw hammer style what do you kind of look for in as an accompanist to a, to a banjo player what so what the question is what do we look for yeah, what what when you play with a banjo player, what do you kind of when you go when you feel it and you're like, oh, this is it, this feels right. Like what are some of the strong when when you're you know when you're playing bass and what and makes the question is what makes a if you're playing with a banjo player, what makes that really feel great? It it all again comes back to what Brian was talking about earlier. It's it's the groove. Right. If someone is playing really in time, um and of course, good tone is another. I mean, what are the, the three T's? Tone, timing, and uh, taste. Taste. <laughs> playing, you know, you're playing the right thing and a good groove, and you've got the good tone. I mean, tone, tone is a, I mean, for especially beginner players, it may not be as obvious what the value of this is, but the tone of an instrument is, is a tremendous part of its impact. Uh, I mean, as uh, I think. Uh, Jamie might have mentioned I, I played with uh, Tony Rice for several years and yeah. uh, just to stand in front of him and hear the tone he got out of those strings that nobody else could really do it just was uh, it, had, it was, had an effect so but it's it's the groove you know some people when they start playing you just want to play with them you know where you know where to put your note whether you're playing the guitar for Brian or the fiddle uh, and uh, it's and it's it's so subtle, but such a powerful thing as well. I mean, I remember several years ago I was at the Midwinter Festival in Denver, and uh, was walking through the little atrium there, and this guy was sitting on a stone wall, singing this incredible, beautiful voice and this great groove on the guitar, and I went. I mean, I usually, you know, when I'm done with a gig, I, I head off for right. the room or hang out. Uh, I said, I'm going to get my bass. <laughs> it was just such a good, it was Greg Blake, um, who has uh, worked with, I worked with him for a couple of years with uh, Jeff Scroggins in Colorado. Really one of the very best, uh, beautiful baritone singer in the business. And, uh, or for that matter, when, you know, Bela, my bluegrass art kicks off, a tune on the banjo, you just, you know where it is. It, you, mm -hmm. know, you don't have to think anymore. There's, you don't have to sweat about pushing or pulling. Uh, so uh, whether it's, I mean, the same for a claw hammer banjo, it's just. Uh, uh, I mean, in, in a certain way, not to interrupt, but it's kind of like, it's a question of like how, like where is the music coming from? You know, like how deep inside of you is it? You know, because, uh, because, because, because that affects like how it's expressed you know if it's like you know you can kind of connect with that person and feel that it's kind of coming from a deep place that means the kind of rhythm's going to kind of be there the taste is going to be there 
the tone, a lot of the you know the main things that you really want to to hear and that feels good playing with another player. You know. Yeah. And odd. You know. Everybody feels the groove a little different. I mean, the groove is like your face. You know, everybody's face is different. Everybody's got a and and. Uh, but I think, like you know, once and yeah, to to add on to that, and I'm sorry not to interrupt again, but to add on to that, it's like once you kind of understand, you know, the, the features of how how that person is sensing it, you, then you can kind of kind of relate to them and connect with them, just similar to like personality kind of personal interactions. You yeah, know. you each holding each other, holding each other up. So, you know, in terms of what a banjo player does, you look for someone who kicks that song off or takes a solo mm -hmm. or whatever. You can just, it's like you can, you put your foot on that train and right. off, off you go. Uh, and uh, so that's, that's what I'm, I'm looking for. And I've been fortunate to play with some really great banjo players and people on other instruments as well. I mean, you can mention Sam Bush or Jerry Douglas, just grooves that go all the way to China, you know? Right. And it just yeah. makes you, it just, it brings the energy up. And, you know, I often say, once there's a groove, then the music starts to happen. So uh, I'm all, all about it. It's a, it's a funny thing too. It's like, uh, you know, the people like that, like you, you, they can play one or two notes and like, it doesn't matter how sparse, sparsely they're playing, you still know exactly where you know, how to connect and how to relate to them. Yeah, mm -hmm. as, as Brian said earlier, you know, we both, uh, there's this, uh, 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 mutual kind of, uh, understanding of groove and just the, the way we play it, it's, again, it's, it's kind of, it's effortless. And, uh, yeah, I wouldn't be, wouldn't, we wouldn't be here doing this together if, uh, if it wasn't. And of course there's all that other stuff, but again, it starts with, you know, there's a good, good lock. It's a, you know, you're supporting each other on this, uh, you know, this wonderful balloon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, that that's well put. It's fairly well put. Um, and yeah, you can't you can't overstate, you know, the importance of of, of timing and groove uh, and and rhythm in no. music. <laughs> I never, I, I never get tired of, or yeah. yeah, never get through talking about that. So. Well, we're kind of at the top of the hour. This has been uh, really good, but we'd love to, um, um, you know, thanks for being here. It's great having both of you on. Is there anything else you wanted to chat about if um, that we that we missed? I don't think so. We got time for another tune, or we gotta we gotta definitely got a time for another tune. Definitely. Uh, let's see. We'll chat about you know if you got another eight ten hours. I, 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 <laughs> I'm, I'm just getting started. Um, we could do the the fretless. Uh, or we could yeah let's do that. We've done some. We're gonna do something kind of a uh, bit novel for you. Let's see. We were in give D right. D, yeah. Yeah. Um, Hope I'm in the right spot. Since it's deering banjos, we thought we'd end with some banjos. Banjos plural. Um, uh, we just kind of came up with this while we were thinking, what would be fun to do? And this is Brian's idea. Give him credit for that. Uh, there was a... Several years ago, I played on a, a really wonderful project produced by Kathy Fink called the okay. Old Time Banjo Festival. And uh, it's a compilation of really some of the really great old, old time banjo uh, players in North America. 
I think I'm in tune this time. And uh, I said, well, I've got all these, you know, I write, write a lot of tunes, uh, which is kind of unique. Maybe you want me to play one of my tunes. And she said, you know, I think I want you to play. Uh, and I gave her a couple of options, and she picked a waltz uh, that, uh, a simple little waltz that I learned from a harp player on the Shetland Islands when I was there uh, uh, participating in the Shetland Island Folk Festival many years ago. And uh, so I recorded that on that, uh, on that project and actually put, accompanied, my, accompanied myself with the Arco bass or the Bode bass. Uh, and uh, it's a really sweet uh, arrangement. Uh, check out that, uh, that CD. Lots of good playing, mostly just solo playing and some duo playing. As you really hear that, hear that banjo. And uh, so Brian's idea was to do it with, with the, uh, the fretless banjo and the fretted banjo. Cool. Be sure you come in here a little, a yeah. little closer. I wish this, uh, I'm gonna down a little more. Yeah, just a touch. I think that's all right. And the tune, it's a, uh, Robert Burns tune, called Ye Banks and Braves of Bonnie Doon. Thank you. 
Well, what a beautiful way to end the show. Mark and uh, both of you, that was fantastic. Mark and Brian, you are such willing guests. Really enjoyed having you today. And uh, man, thank you for everybody who joined us. Um, everyone from Argentina, from the UK, from the US, it's, it's awesome. But hearing those two banjos together was, uh, was a beautiful way to end that show. So thank you very much. Um, thank you. Real quick, I, I put the website up. Um, just a second ago, I want to check that markshats.net is where people can find out about everything you're doing. Yes, um, uh, our uh, there's a description of the, uh, of the of the duo, and there's uh, talks about the, the CD, and yeah. there's a tour uh, tour uh, schedule as well. And for right. folks in the in the Mid Atlantic region, Brian and I are, are going to do four dates starting tomorrow, right in our area here. Uh, cool. Friday night is at a, a wonderful. Uh, uh, venue on uh, in Annapolis called 49 West Coffee House. They've got a wonderful back room, great cappuccino and some nice gourmet sandwich kind of food. And uh, and then Saturday, we are at the Drum and Strum, which is a music store in Warrenton, Virginia. Yeah, those guys, yeah. yeah. And uh, Sunday, I might have mentioned earlier, we're going to be up at in Arden, Delaware, uh, teaching workshops, dance and guitar at 12:30. We got a show at two, and there'll be some jamming. After that, for folks that want to bring their instruments along and, and do some jamming. And then uh, Monday, we're going to be at uh, a really nice uh, house concert in Baltimore uh, that's put on by Brad Kalodner. He's in Hamden. And uh, that's, of course, Halloween. We're going to dress up. We encourage other folks to do the same if they're inclined. And uh, that's a really wonderful scene. So uh, we'll, be, uh, we'll be out, on, out, uh, out there strumming, strumming oh, picking, yeah. and grinning. All right, we'll make sure. What's that? Some new material that we've just worked out for this. Yeah, I've got some new stuff for you as well. We're having fun working out. Some exclusives. So if you're in the area, go check out one of those shows. Uh, If not, jump over to markshats.net. Go check him out and find out where he's going to be, or where they're going to be, I should say. Uh, Buy the CD. I'm assuming people can listen on the the regular outlets, the Spotify's and stuff, or are we going exclusively physical at this point? I hope so. Is that... uh, those things available. Is it available on Spotify and, and uh, iTunes or CD? Uh, it is on Spotify, yes. There you go. And right, I'm go sure check it out. Most likely on iTunes as well. It's on know. Apple Music, yeah. David <laughs> says it. To it. <laughs> I, count, I count on the younger people for the, uh, for the, uh, the more social media and uh, modern kinds of... I should be more up on that. But yeah, it is available. Yeah, go buy it I'd, on iTunes. I'm one of the only people I know that doesn't pay for a music subscription streaming service of any kind, and I'm, and I'm ridiculed for it. So <laughs> that's just the way it goes. All right, guys, everyone, thank you so much. Next week, uh, we have Joe Troop and Larry Bloren from Venezuela talking about Latin banjo. Those guys are amazing. I saw them at uh, Bela's Bluegrass uh, Banjo Camp uh, last, uh, this last summer, and beautiful, beautiful duo. So and Mark Schatz just said, tune in because he thinks they're amazing too. So Mark will be tuning in for sure. Uh, And then stay tuned for a very special announcement in the next few days to be confirmed on one of the next Deering Live episodes. So until then, (laughs) spooky and mystique in line with the current trend. All right, guys, thank you so much. And we will see you next time. Be safe. Thanks. We're thrilled to be here. Thanks for asking us to be on Deering Live. Our pleasure. Thank you. See you down the road, everybody. Thanks Thanks for doing it. See you.